Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, actually willing to pay Francisco Lindor to be its dentist. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. And uh, emergency pod, Jordan. Uh, hello, yeah. hello, hello. We've got news. Yeah, Jake, I'm glad that you started there with the term emergency podcast because it is one of my most despised terms that we have in this universe. And I think after the events of yesterday in our nation's capital, the term emergency podcast. A real have, emergency. A real emergency. actual. Yeah. You can, you can go yeah. listen to actual emergency podcasts on that. In terms of baseball, this is about as close to a we need to talk about this uh, as it can possibly get. And that is the fact that baseball emergency. Yes. Yeah. Very, very important distinction as we deal with real emergencies. But uh, as you said, this is what it takes to, for us to record. And, and, and as anyone who listens to the show knows that our producer, Bobby Wagner, is one of the biggest Mets fans you'll find. He is not with us today. We're just going to start that from the outset. He is uh, he's out this week, and trust me, if he could be on this recording, he would be. But he is not. We will hear his reaction next week. But we have to talk. What what is the news? We haven't even said what's happened. Well, what has happened, Jake Mintz? If you open your window at your home or you're in the car, you roll it on down. You might be able to hear the screams of joy coming from one Mr. Bobby Wagner because the New York Mets. Uh, the fighting Steve Cohens have swung a trade for Francisco Lindor and Cookie Carrasco in exchange for, it doesn't really matter. We'll talk about who those other players are later, but it actually doesn't really matter. Doesn't. The headline, Francisco Lindor headed to New York. And this is is kind of a surreal thing uh, because on one hand, this is unbelievably gigantic baseball news, right? But partially because of what we dealt with last year with Mookie Betts, this is an inevitable holy shit. This is not a, I'm stunned that this happened. This is a, wow, we finally made it. I'm seeing the Mets tweet out a picture of Francisco Lindor on the Mets and not just crazy Mets fans tweeting out pictures of that. The actual team did it. This is a real thing that happened. Okay, so Lindor getting traded we knew this was going to happen. And to me, it like reminds me of two friends that you have that who've been dating forever and they get engaged. It's like, you knew that was going to happen, right? Like, but it happened and it's, you know, it's on Facebook and there's a ring and like, it's a big deal and it should still be treated like it's a big deal. And that's Lindor getting moved at all. What was interesting, notable uh, and unique about this is how quickly it went from Nothing is happening on the Lindor front to the Mets tweeting out, we have Francisco Lindor now. That was an hour from start less. to finish. Now, less. I bet this trade less. And I bet this trade has been in motion for some time. And maybe there's a chance we might have heard some things percolating up through the wire yesterday if there wasn't a coup. Um, but just as a baseball fan, all of the info rushing over you within the span of 43 minutes was kind of wild. Yeah, especially when you compare it to just thinking about recent huge deals, um, particularly off-season deals uh, of the past, sometimes they drag out. And not to bring up the Cano-Mets trade, but again, that took like a week to get finalized. Even the Snell trade took 48 hours to finally get official. For this to just get the past The Mookie tweet, trade, there were parts yeah. of the Mookie trade that were like taken back and like- Exactly. Remember the, the, the whole Jock Peterson wing of the trade and it took like two right. weeks to get finalized? This was a GIF. Right. This was, this was, there's no like, oh, like, well, we got to wait for medicals. So we have to get, it was like Mets getting Lindor, 
oh my God, Mets are like, we got Lindor. And that was surreal and unique in terms of trades breaking during the offseason. And that that is why we are sitting here like, okay, holy shit, this finally really happened. Um, okay, so we knew he was going to get traded, but the Mets did it. The Mets were the team that pulled this off. Uh, but let's talk about Lindor because he, the, the person, right? We, 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 unfortunately, I think, because we are so, we, we love to talk about the players and the players are what make the game special. We, we have lost, we've all assumed, yeah, of course, Lindor's going to get traded, but like, let's talk about Lindor, right? Because it's, of course, it's a big deal for the Mets. Of course, it's a big deal for, for Cleveland, but let's talk about what makes this guy special and why this is a big deal in the first place. Because I think this happened too last year with the Mookie best trade, where it was like, Mookie's getting traded, Mookie's getting traded, Mookie's getting traded. Oh my God, the Red Sox. Oh my God, the Dodgers. It's like, hold on a second. Let's talk about Mookie Betts, right? And then we got to do it for the whole year because then he wins and goes and wins the World Series. So we got to, you know, celebrate that. So what makes Francisco Lindor special, Jake? I mean, I want to be his friend. Like, more more than any other major leaguer, really? Like, I want him to like me. You know what I mean? Like, I want to just hang with Francisco Lindor. And he exudes that vibe of just affability and friendliness like they're all the videos of him like talking to umpires are unbelievable, right? And he he just exudes this sense of cool, the sense of you know confidence, the sense of he he makes baseball look so easy, mm-hmm. and he also makes like living look easy. Like he just makes everything he does looks just flowy and simple and crisp. And I he is just. He, he's, I will watch him do anything, right? He's in that list of player who, there was a video of him taking like cricket swings, you know, a couple of years ago. It was, I watched that a thousand times because he's captivating as it gets. Everything that we've said this year about Tatis Jr. applies more or less to Lindor, I think. Yeah, and, and I think I was going to say, like we've said a lot of these things about Tatis and Tatis in this weird way is like this supernova of talent. And not to say that he's not a great personality that isn't likable, but Lindor is that and is also, like you mentioned, approachable. Tatis is almost too cool. Like, I can't imagine being friends with Tatis yeah. because he's like he's like another species of cool. Whereas Lindor, like, he could, you could imagine him being friends with anyone. He just seems like the best dude in the world. Like, Tatis would fairly say no to me sitting at his lunch table Whereas Lindor would be like, yeah, like pull up a chair. Right, 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 right. And, and and I know a big part of this was the fact that Cleveland did go to the World Series in 16 and he's, he was the face of that team. But like the fact that he was able to build that level of, of fame and marketability and, and recognizability in Cleveland is notable. And now a huge part of why people are understandably saying he's going to be a gigantic deal in New York City in this new era uh, of Mets baseball, which is very, very exciting. Uh, before we before we move on to that part, though, I, I want to talk about, because we, we were just talking about how amazing Linda, this is also probably the best shortstop in baseball. I think he was clearly the best shortstop in baseball for the last, like, three, four years, and now, because Tatis has come on, and because, you know, we have, you know, the Trey Turners of the world who are also, it's, it's very close, Corey Seager, whatever. But, I mean, he, he is one of, I think, easily the 10, 15 best players in, in the league. And uh, that is a huge deal in and of itself. And it is a huge boost for a Mets team that, of course, we're talking so much about free agency. Oh, George Springer. Oh, Trevor Bauer, whatever. They add Lindor and Carrasco. Now you can you could call it a winter. I mean, I imagine they're going to keep doing stuff, but like they are got so much better in this move. This is the move that makes Mets fans happy. Like, right. 
it, it, it's not done deal, but like this is enough to placate the fan base. Quickly, one more point about Lindor. He's a winner here too. Number one, he gets to be a famous, rich, uh, attractive athlete living in New York City. That's great. That's a win, right? Boom, done. That's awesome, okay? Um, there was the video of our buddy Bradford William Davis asking Lindor if Cleveland should spend money uh, from after they got eliminated and Lindor just kind of laughing about it. And like the idea that now he gets to be on the Mets, a team that is capital T trying and be a part of that, like I am happy for him. And this relates to the extension conversation where in the same way that Mookie traded to LA, extended for a decade, you could see something similar happen here with Lindor where that's how, you know, the Mets choose to spend that big bag of money. And like that, to me, trading for Lindor and extending him is probably a better investment than signing Trevor Bauer or George Springer. Yeah, which they might still also do. But I totally agree. I think that that is a way easier way to a much more known commodity too, compared to to other guys who are older, um, and you're you're paying for their later years. But yeah, it'd be it would be a no brainer, and and who knows how quickly that's going to happen. Um, I also think that like this is a no brainer deal for them, even if he leaves in free agency. Like yeah, maybe you could say the net value, whatever. Yeah. But like this is what you should be doing when you have Jacob Degrom and you're you have these pieces where like if you add a superstar like this, you are squarely in the contender conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I don't care if if he leaves, sure, fine. Of course, it's going to not look as good of a trade if we're really judging it, but. It's still an easy decision um, to make this to, to make this move. A number of random cool things about this trade from the Mets' perspective, just of how he fits into that team. Okay, uh, him and Edwin Diaz, good friends, played on the Puerto Rican team together. Love them that. together is very cool. Okay, uh, Lindor next to Jeff McNeil is hilarious because they are like opposite ends of the charisma spectrum. Like they're both very charismatic people but super different ways where Lindor is like the coolest dude in the room. And like Jeff McNeil is like your buddy, Jeff, who <laughs> right. is just like a total goober. Yes, right. And yes. them <laughs> United is funny. Uh, maybe one day if Cano ever returns that middle infield combo, if they, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but the idea of Lindor to Cano is pretty cool. Right. Um, those are like the three big things that jump out at me. Um, oh, and then him going shopping with Marcus Stroman, like oh, oh my goodness, and and you know Stroman is is just is living large. Uh, this this one, I mean, talk oh, about yeah. talk about a big move. We were so excited. Oh, is he going to go here? No, Stroman is 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 loving life. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's great. And then uh, while we still talk about the the Mets side of this, let's talk about Carlos Carrasco for a couple minutes quickly because he's still a really 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 good pitcher. And yeah, is he as good as Trevor Bauer right now? Probably not. But if you look at their numbers over the last five years, he's just as good, if not better. And then reminder, he got cancer and beat it. And now is back pitching and is still a good major league pitcher. That's a big deal for them to get. If they signed a pitcher of Carlos Carrasco's quality, it would be a gigantic deal as well. And he's just a small part of this deal because Lindor is such a big deal. Right. It kind of gets overshadowed. Right. But again, he's their fourth best, third best starter. Like he can start and win you a postseason game. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That doesn't grow on trees like that's no. huge. Yeah. So that's that's again, it's obviously not the headliner, but not insignificant. That is. And it's only a throw in because Cleveland is trying to save so much money, which is uh, very frustrating. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on in this 
brief episode. Uh, Mets are now, not only did they the team that pulled it off, there are other teams who wanted to pull this off, obviously, right? The Yankees, who did not get this chance. And I know you think that this is a big deal for the Mets Yankees. This is since Steve Cohen bought the team. I think people are like, okay, here we go. Now it's actually two big boy competent teams in the same city instead of the Yankees and the Wilpons. So what do you think this means for the the Mets Yankees rivalry? Well, the Wilpon relationship with the Yankees was always defined as the Mets reacting to things the Yankees did, right? Where the Mets didn't want to be seen as the little brothers. So if the Yankees did something, then the Mets felt like they had to do something. Whereas the Mets going out and trading for Francisco Lindor before the Yankees have done anything this offseason, to me, just shows a different approach in the mentality that the Mets don't care about they don't care about how fans think about the Mets-Yankees relationship, as they shouldn't, right? The Mets should just be trying to win. And it's clear that the Wilpons, you know, the former owners, thought about that all the time. And now the Mets are like, fuck you, we're trading for Lindor. Like, now he's ours. And I, from an entertainment perspective, as someone who lives in New York City, who does not root for either of these teams, like, I am absolutely pulling for the Mets over the Yankees, right? And, like, I think any neutral like us is doing the same because the fun level between these two teams, the gap, like, the Yankees are a better baseball team, yes. But, like, if the Yankees respond to the Mets trading for the most charismatic guy in the league by signing singles robot DJ LeMayhew, like, that makes them better, but it doesn't make me want to watch their game. Right, right. And, Not and that I, the Yankees care about that. And and honestly, it's funny, right? You know, when we reflect, reflect on two years ago when the Yankees were, I think they knew they were obviously never going to trade for Mookie Betts, but like they wanted Harper and Machado, right? They wanted that like flashy, holy shit dude that is a big deal kind of personality wise, right? And, you know, I mean, you could say they did that with Giancarlo and he's just never on the field. He's amazing when he's on the field. Um, but, but I mean, they did that with Derek saying, Cole. They do that with your Cole, but I'm I'm talking about like personality wise, like like a, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a big like kind of, and they did it. They got DJ LeMahieu, and DJ LeMahieu's been amazing <laughs> the last two years, so it worked out. But you're so right in terms of watchability and, and which side you'd be rooting for as a neutral. Yeah, it's not even close. I mean, the Mets have so many guys that you want to root for, whether it's Pete, whether it's Dom, whether it's McNeil, um, you know, Syndergaard, Stroman, like Diaz, like these are all guys you are so excited uh, to root for. Um, so yeah, it's 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 fantastic. They all the Mets like look famous. Like Cindergard looks like a a god. You know what I mean? Like if you see him on the street, you're like, you're famous, mm-hmm. right? If you see Lindor on the street, you're like, he's famous, right? Maybe not Pete, but you know, he's recognizable <laughs> now to, to, to the point. Is. Right? He, Pete is like the one guy homers. where he's not. But like, I don't know. There's just something about there's there's the Lindor gives the Mets a, an added level of sparkle. To them, which doesn't mean anything on the field for wins and losses, but it does. It's just, we talked about vibes uh, uh, all the time on this podcast, right? It's just good vibes. It's just like having Lindor come into your franchise is just, is just good energy and it's going to put everybody in a good mood. Do you want to talk about yeah. now, uh, for a quick second, the Cleveland side of the equation and everything that we've sure. said about Lindor sure. and everything that we've said about why Mets fans should be amped about this? Cleveland fans are and should be emotionally crushed and pissed off about it. And again, a lot of these things are the same things we said when we talked about Blake Snell uh, 
a couple of weeks ago because it's basically and, and I think Cleveland and Tampa are uniquely positioned and, and it's very, very, very similar situation where it's like your front office is really smart at building a baseball team really cheaply but they don't have to. It's because the owners have told them to. And so to the people that run the, uh, you know, Cleveland front office who are very smart and have found Shane Bieber in and, you know, found Jose Ramirez and all these things, like I can't be mad at them, right? Because they are just smart and good at their job, right? And so maybe in this trade, maybe they're, maybe Isaiah Green and Josh Wolf, we'll get to in a second. They turn out to be all-stars. Great, whatever. I hope that, I hope it works out for that, right? But like, it's the owners. They're decided we wanted to save $50 million and tell our fans we care more about saving $50 million than trying to win baseball games. And I mean, if you're the owner, you have that prerogative, but it's it's really, really, really shitty to watch. And I feel terrible for the Cleveland fans. We talk about the Rays fans with Blake Snell jerseys. We know for a fact that Lindor's been the face of this team for the entire time he's been there. And to have that taken away for any reason sucks so 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 much and while for, for from the standpoint of the front office of course you want to get something for him because you know you're not going to resign him but if you're a cleveland fan you'd still rather take the the one more season with lindor and i i believe it rather and let him go than 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 deal with this than than willingly forego another season of francisco lindor so it's uh and again it's it's the balance between thinking from the side of, of building a baseball team versus being a baseball fan and we're we try to find that balance but it's very simple he's amazing and not having minor team anymore is heartbreaking and Carrasco is a big part of that as well yeah I think they're two of the probably three biggest like I know Bieber's an incredible pitcher but if you're talking about faces of that franchise it's Lindor Ramirez and Carrasco right mm -hmm. and to have two of those guys taken away in the same offseason when you're good when you were the four seed right when you probably like should have beat the Yankees in that second game and you know like they were good. They were right there. They weren't in the World Series like the Rays were. But going into next season before this trade, I would take maybe take Cleveland over Tampa. You know what? Like it's that's not crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and now they're not in that conversation. And I think that there's the idea of a pact, like a, a a trust in the relationship between fan and 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 team, where if I'm a Cleveland fan, why would I watch? in 2021 there's like it, there's not a reason and we saw you know the red sox tv numbers went down 50 percent after they got rid of mookie now part of that is because they were awful and they traded and they didn't have any pitching either of course of course of course and there are still reasons to watch cleveland and they still i would say maybe make the a run at the postseason they still have a good decent team but like people care about people dude exactly i don't know Exactly. Yeah. Cause like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I can look and be like, well, they're still projected to be pretty good, but like, I don't care about that. <laughs> like as a neutral fan, if I'm flipping between teams, I'm going to flip to the, to the team that has Francisco Lindor. Um, and so, and so you that's, have that's to frustrating. Be, if you're yeah. a Cleveland fan to, to like this trade, you have to be a level of cold and calculating in your approach to your fandom that I don't think exists or sounds like a good time. I think fandom exists as an inherently emotional thing where you develop an attachment to people, whether that's rational or not. You know, I fell in love with Jose Iglesias for a year as an Orioles fan, right? And like them trading him away made probably made some sense, but like still a bummer. And if you're a fan looking at your team trading away Lindor and you're like, 
well, you know, long term, like it might make some flexibility. Like that's just like a sounds like an awful existence to be as right. a fan. You, know Listen, I mean? you think like, you think I'm tweeting about Mike crushed. Zanino because you think I start tweeting about Mike Zanino because I was like being a rational person? Like no no no! Like the point no. is fun. Like I love. I wanted this guy on my team to be this whatever. And, and so so yeah, you're so right. And again, it's, it's not that there's not a version where this sort of works out for Cleveland, maybe in wherever many years. Um, but to your point, it's just very hard to fathom, and it sucks. And I can't imagine there's not a Cleveland fan that is not sad about this. Of course. And on, you know, we'll finish on a positive note here for Mets fans. Like I'm sure some of you really liked watching Andres Jimenez play, but that you don't give a shit about that today because you have Francisco Lindor on your favorite baseball team now. Right. And that is that joy, that promise, the potential for entertainment to be captivated by people that you can invest emotionally in. That is the whole operation of being a fan. Right. And I think there's a, I don't want to get into the Steve Cohen major discourse now, but there's a lot of problems with Steve Cohen, the person probably, but him, you know, enabling Mets fans, the opportunity to emotion, emotionally invest in the team. Like that's what the fan base wants. Yeah. And by the way, uh, to, you can attest to this, as you remember, when the Robinson Cano trade happened, now it's funny. I look back and be like, it saved the Mariners franchise, but as a Mariners fan, I was, it sucked was so sad. I was so mad. I'm like, all oh, the good baseball players are not going to be on my team. I don't get to watch Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano anymore. I know that sounds silly as we sit here in 2021, but that was totally what I felt, right? And so maybe Isaiah Green and Josh Wolf turn out to be all-stars and Jimenez becomes great and Rosario finally breaks out. That's fine. But right now, man, you know what Francisco Lenore is and not having that is, is really, really, really shitty and heartbreaking. So uh, if you want any more specific analysis, on you know the, the all the pieces involved in this trade, again, go read your favorite preferred prospect site, Fangraphs, Baseball Perspectives. All those things will have you covered for that. Um, you know, I think Josh Wolf's pretty good. I think Command is pretty good. Rosario, maybe whatever, but like it doesn't matter. Like you said, who cares? We're talking about Francisco Lindor. He's one of the most transcendent players we've had in the last fifteen years. Uh, there's no package of prospects that's going to really make what this trade feels uh, for either side um, make any different. So. Uh, I think and that's, Jordan, uh, I tweeted yeah. this, but I tweeted this out, but uh, my roommate is leaving uh, mm. my apartment before our lease is up in August. There is an empty room in my place. If Francisco Lindor, if you're listening to this and you're interested in hopping in on the lease, let me know. I'm a big baseball fan. That'll give us something to talk about. Uh, and I'll yeah. cook. Okay, there you go. All right. Well, well, Jake has made his pitch. Uh, Francisco Lindor, that. be my roommate and my dentist. Uh <laughs> Um, uh, I'm sure he's, he can't, especially now. It would be great to have a dentist in home. I would not want to, I, you know, try not to go to the dentist. Oh, true. Uh, Jake Mintz, thank you uh, so much for joining me on this. Thank you to our pinch hitting <laughs> producer, Isaiah Blakely, uh, for, for subbing in for, for Bobby Wagner, who you will obviously be hearing from next week <laughs> regarding this trade. Uh, congrats to you Mets fans out there. I hope you're partying. Uh, can, and, uh, Francisco Lindor, man, I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch you be a star even more than you already are. Jake Mintz, thank you. We will talk to you all next week.